Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, on site, sort of, in Kingston. <laughs> How you doing, Scott? Sort of, yeah. It was a long day, Sean. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was supposed to take the Via train, and with all the cancellations and stuff, my times got changed. Right. Which I noticed last night at 11.30. <laughs> so I ended up driving to Oshawa, taking the GO train, and I got back here to Kingston about 8.30, 8.45. Okay. Uh, so I was able to catch the back half of the games this evening. Yep. And I sort of was checking scores, you know, at, at the intermission. I, I almost said halftime <laughs> of the play. But, uh, no, it was really great. Uh, great show. Uh, always fun, you know, seeing Hamilton. Uh, I recommend it to everybody if you get the chance. Definitely yes. go and see yes. it. Certainly one of your favorites uh, there. And I got to say, Scott, you know, we talked, uh, I think it was offline, but early in the week about you, know, you were a little disappointed that it was the Wednesday that you're going to be missing because it was the end of pool play and mm-hmm. things tend to shake out today. I got to say, out of all the days, this is probably the one that was the best to miss. Uh, you know, we had crazy finishes earlier in the week. You know, each, excuse me, each morning draw, there's been a crazy comeback or a crazy shot to win the game. Uh, today was excuse me pretty ho-hum i felt yeah yeah based on you know looking at the scores everything seemed to play out you know according to script a little bit how how you expected them to uh you know if you seeded all the teams and uh picked who the favorites are i would say most of the time they won yeah uh maybe the exception is James Gratton letting Northwest Territories take him down this morning. So why don't we start there with the New Brunswick against wildcard game tonight, Sean? Yeah, so that uh, that was the feature game tonight. Really the only game that, I mean, the Ontario-Northwest Territories game turned out to be a little more than we may have thought. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was the right choice to, to pick this as the, the game, yeah, for, for James Gratton and his team. This it wasn't really ever close. They, they get it back to, you know, six to four there, but you know, the steal of two, excuse me, steal of two in the fourth end, it was really kind of over at that point. Uh, you never mm. really felt that they were kind of come back. And, you know, whenever we've seen James Gratton really since he gave it up to Saskatchewan, he hasn't really projected a lot of confidence after that. Right. Yeah, yeah, he seemed, uh, when, when I talked to him after they had beat Ontario a couple of days ago, uh, you know, he was really saying, yeah, yeah, that was a great win, but I'm really kicking myself that we gave it up to Saskatchewan. Right. You know, I think that was the game, It looking back on the week, that if, if he manages to hold on and pull that out, obviously he's into a situation where he's at least in a tiebreaker yeah. tomorrow morning. Yeah, and, and, you know, they did a good job in the sixth end. They they worked a pretty good two there uh, mm-hmm. to get it back there to a 5-3 game. Then they get the four, so it's a three-point game in the eighth, but they really had nothing going there in that eighth end. They weren't able to generate much offense uh, and get forced. And then in the ninth end, it all sort of just comes apart, and uh, 
really didn't give himself a chance to steal. There was an opportunity there to steal, maybe force, uh, or, or force, maybe steal, I should say. But he just misses with his last one, has a wide open hit. Uh, it was just too heavy on his last. Yeah. With an out turn around the corner, trying to freeze and uh, or sort of freeze tap type shot, rolls into the open. And, and Mike McEwen and, and this team continue to roll. And, you know, they, they mentioned it on the broadcast again tonight, that moment last Friday where Reed Carruthers says, let's see what Mike thinks. Reed mm-hmm. Carruthers did that a couple more times tonight as well. I, I really, th- this is like 180 degrees from what we saw from this team. Forget last year at the Briar, at the Manitoba Provincials. Yeah, exactly. I, I am we, so impressed with what they've been able to do. Yeah, we did, we did an episode after those Manitoba Provincials. And I said, I'm the body language doctor or whatever. And that's the worst body language that, that I, I've ever seen, you know, yeah. in curling. And uh, they have totally done a 180 here at this event. Uh, I, I talked to Reed and it was on yesterday's show. I don't know if you uh, listened to the show. But, uh, yeah, it was a big part of what they were doing was making sure that they were communicating and, and working effectively as a team. So uh, I'd say it's working. Uh, also, Mike McEwen throwing 97% doesn't hurt. It does not. It, it, it does not. The other thing about this wildcard team, Sean, they have given up zero steals all week. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you give up zero steals, that's pretty good. Statistical analysis for the win. Yes, well done. Uh, they've also won the draw to the button six times. Uh, they've stolen nine times themselves. Uh, really just impressive. And they're also not letting other teams get blanks either, right? They've only, other teams have only had four blanks against them. So yeah. they're really putting the pressure on the other team uh, to, to get those steals, to get those forces. Um, you know, they're overall, they've, they've given up nine singles, nine twos, one three. Uh, they have as many deuces as they've given up, but they also have, you know, a three, two fours and a, four and a five so you know that that's pretty good yeah yeah they're they're scoring a lot more points than their opponents are yeah and uh you know i did get a minor in math and i'd say if you score more than the opponent you're going to win most of your games very good um elsewhere on the ice tonight uh there was a chance that we would have a four-way tie at three and four for the last playoff spot or for the last spot in the championship pool if everything had broke right uh, we learned at the Scotties, and it seems to have been confirmed that no tiebreak games if teams were under four and three. So if you were three and four, it would have gone to head-to-head or draw shot challenge in a four-way tie. Somebody on Twitter, I, I can't remember who it is, uh, maybe it was Mike Harris, seemed to have the math or have the draw shot challenge that Northwest Territories actually would have gotten in in that situation, I think. Uh, certainly, if it was a three-way tie with Ontario and New Brunswick, Jamie Cooey had beat those two teams, if it had been that way, uh, and he would have gotten through. But 5-1 lead was not enough for the Northwest Territories tonight, and John Effing is able to come back. Now, Scott, did you see the shot in the fourth end? I did not, know. Where Ontario scored three? Yes, so Jamie Cooey is shot stone. With a couple of Ontario stones sort of lined up in front of it, but they're well protected on the center line. So John Epping has to run back a halfway corner guard into one of his own to tap out the Northwest Territory stone. 
If he misses the shot, it's a steal of one. It's an eminently missable shot, especially the way Team Ontario has been playing the last couple of days. 6-1, and they would have been out of it, and mm-hmm. they're done. He makes it. Uh, an absolutely beautiful shot. I, it was about you know two-thirds that he had to hit, uh, two-thirds to three-quarters. Makes it absolutely perfectly. Sticks the raised one for the three. Gets the momentum back, and then a steal in six where Cooey is heavy with a draw. And I, this wasn't the TV game. You weren't in the building, but just just from sort of when they went over there and, and even when they had long shots of the building, it just seemed like those guys were walking different after this. Yeah. Uh, a little more swagger, a little more confidence uh, in what was going on. And it gave the crowd some energy. There was a little more buzz in the building. And it really put pressure on Northwest Territories. You saw a little bit when they went there in the 10th end. It was just all yellow in the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a, a really good comeback for them. They're probably going to have to run the table and go 8-3 and three to make it to the playoffs. But it would have been massively disappointing if they had not made the championship pool. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, selfishly a little bit, I, I kind of wanted them to be in the championship pool. I might've picked him in the playoffs. I can't remember, but uh, just for the atmosphere, right? The hometown team not making it to Thursday is really going to ding your attendance. Uh, It's going to dampen the mood of the building, at least a little bit. Uh, There'll still be, you know, big cheers for the good shots and there's lots of supporters of other provinces, but having the home province there you know, it's going to make the next two days a lot more exciting. Oh, no question. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to keep the crowd into it. Hopefully, too, for the crowd and for the organizing committee, they can win a couple tomorrow and keep themselves in it. Um, you know, if they lose two tomorrow, then, you know, the, the sort of yeah. the, the energy's gone from that. But mm-hmm. uh, as we look then, that, that put, of course, a wrap on Pool A tonight. And I think, Scott, at the start of the week when we looked at it, we thought there'd be four teams out of this pool. And the four that we thought is what we're getting. Maybe not in the order we thought, but I think in the preview we said these four, maybe BC, maybe New Brunswick could sneak up and get a spot. But I I, I think no surprises here. No, no surprises. I I think we're a little surprised that Saskatchewan ended 6-1. and Yes. Uh, And... You know, based on the way they won a couple of those games, you know, they deserve to be six and one. But those there was a couple of games that could have gone either way yeah. uh, in there. So they've picked up momentum as they've gone along. They played really well. They beat Kevin Cooey yesterday. So feeling really good. Yeah, I think they were full fair for the win against UConn tonight uh, and against Ontario as well. And Jamie Cooey, that game was good. You know, mm-hmm. New Brunswick... British Columbia and Canada, you could look at some unforced errors from the other team. But again, as I said last night, when you get those, you have to take advantage of them. And they, mm-hmm. they've done that. So full credit to them, 100%. So they're going in in a really strong position uh, for Matt, excuse me, for Matt Tunstone and mm-hmm. Team Saskatchewan. Uh, so let's shift over then to Pool B, where again, we had four teams at the start of the week that we thought would get through. Those are the four teams that are through. Again, maybe not in the order we would have thought, but we get those four teams, Scott. Yeah, yeah, no no doubt about it. 
team uh, botcher has been sort of the, the train's been chugging uh, to quote the Twitter meme since day one. They come in and uh, they've had a couple of hiccups here and there, but not enough to lose a game. Uh, Brad Gushu had that great game against Northern Ontario uh, two nights ago. That's really sort of a buoyed their their play. Uh, Manitoba and yeah, Northern Ontario, uh, like we talked about yesterday and even the day before. Yeah, they were one and three, but they're the kind of team that can beat anyone in this field. So looking forward to the championship pool. Eight and three seems to be the number that you need to be at to get in the playoffs. And I, I think they are as much as any other team capable of going four and oh against the other side. Yeah, I agree. They're, I mean, they're the top-ranked team in the world. And, uh, you know, if you look at what happened today, not much drama in that afternoon draw. You know, Northern Ontario was in total control against Nunavut. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador went up early and often on Quebec. Uh, mm-hmm. There was an interesting moment in the Alberta-Prince Edward Island game. Uh, Alberta was up 6 nothing, and uh, Brian Cochran made a, a cute little uh, sort of tick uh, split where the shooter on the last little rotation just barely caught the edge of the 12 foot uh, to get the three, which was kind of, it was a fun shot crowd liked it. It was, uh, it was, it was clever. It was, a uh, an interesting call. Uh, but when you're down six, nothing, you go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. but that game was never really close. The TV game, of course, was Nova Scotia, Manitoba. And, you know, <laughs> Jamie Murphy, excuse me, Jamie Murphy kept it close for a lot of the game, but uh, big steal in eight, and that was pretty much the end of it. And and what I noticed in this game, and, and it's really struck with or struck me all week, that Jason Gunlickson, anything if it's even a seventy-five twenty-five or seventy-five percent of his, like even his head thinks he should draw, he's gonna throw a hit. Like it, it has to be a hundred percent draw for him to throw a draw. And mm. he's getting more accurate, right? We saw him on Saturday. And the whole team missing wide a lot, right? Missing on the high mm-hmm. side, as he said after the game yeah. uh, on the show. And they're they're getting it now. They're they're not missing as much. They're making contact in the house a lot more. And it's gonna be really hard for teams if if they continue this to position rocks in a way that they can't get at them. So, you know, a nice turnaround for them. You look at that shot against Quebec for the four. Uh, on Sunday, mm-hmm. that was a bit of a change of form. Obviously, the shot yesterday in the morning to win the, the double run. Uh, he's had a couple couple beauties, and I, I don't know. I, I would love to see a game where it's him and Morris, because I don't know who talks more out there. Like They both have just a running commentary of everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a good thing Morris is not playing. There wouldn't be enough oxygen in the Leon Center for everybody. Uh, people would suffocate with all the talking between those two uh yeah but it's you know it's nice to see he's obviously having a good time and they're playing well so obviously the strategy for other teams though is going to be to make him and make them draw as much as possible but they're just so accurate right now it's going to be hard to do that yeah exactly exactly i'm looking at the the matchups for tomorrow and they've got ontario in the afternoon and then wild card at night obviously wildcard a team they're very familiar with from manitoba uh but I, I i'm interested to see what happens in that first game to see if john epping is able to put pressure on jason gunlickson to draw 
right. and then how Jason responds to that kind of pressure. So that's definitely something I'm going to be looking for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see if that's the TV game. Uh, I wonder what it would be. Uh, probably Newfoundland, Labrador, and Team Canada, or Alberta, Saskatchewan. Yeah, there's no shortage of options now that we're in or the... Or uh... wildcard Northern Ontario. Those are the matchups. Like, they're all yeah. going to be good matchups from here on out, so... Yeah, no question. So, uh, so a lot of fun. So, Scott, let's look forward now to the championship pool. Um, we have two teams from Pool A at 6-1 and one in wildcard Saskatchewan. Canada's at 5-2, and two, Ontario at 4-3, and three. out of Pool B... Alberta seven and zero, Newfoundland Labrador at six and one, then Manitoba five and two, Northern Ontario four and three. So obviously you would take those four teams of Alberta, Newfoundland, Wildcard, Saskatchewan, as being in the advantageous position because they have a one game lead on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now Newfoundland and Labrador and Wildcard, Saskatchewan, they're going to play right. So so people That's are right. going to be dropping, right? Alberta might not potentially but between the three who have one someone at the at very least one of them will drop so who do you think out of the bottom four quote unquote bottom four uh has the best chance to bring people back to them and, and who do you think could scoop up those playoff spots well looking at those yeah the bottom four as you say i'm gonna have to say kevin cooey and team canada are as good as anybody if if they're on, and Brad Jacobs as well. Uh, I think Brad Jacobs can can go four and zero and make it into that playoff position. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be easy, but they have already played Alberta and Newfoundland Labrador, so two of the top teams there. I guess everybody's played everybody, but like in the top. But I'm saying like Saskatchewan and Wildcard as six and one teams, I don't think of them as being quite at the tier uh, where Brendan Botcher or Brad Gusher are playing right now. No, I, I think I agree with you on that, that, yeah, that Northern Ontario and Canada are, are probably the two biggest threats out of those four. The interesting thing about it, though, is if Brad Jacobs goes 4-0, that means he will have dropped Kevin Cooey down to three losses in the process. Mm-hmm. And while that would also involve wildcard Saskatchewan dropping to two, he's going to need help from other people to bring those guys back to him uh, or for them to bring Gushu back to him. So it, the, the math right now is great if he goes 4-0, but going 4-0 on his own doesn't bring enough people back to him. So he is going to need things to break properly, but these guys are so even and the field is so good that I'd be stunned if eight and three doesn't get you something. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I think seven and four, you might still have a chance at a tie break. I don't know in a field that's this top heavy, uh, if the four loss team is going to be able to make it there, there is this sort of scenario where Alberta sweeps and then, you know, wildcard three and one Saskatchewan three and one, something like that. Maybe, but uh, yeah, no, there's, I don't think there's any way uh, that seven and four gets there. I think it's got to be three. And even at that, you might not get it. Yeah. So, three. so, but, but that, again, that's what makes it really, really interesting, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, mm-hmm. if Alberta runs the table, say, right, then that puts 
everyone in A at one more loss, right? So that already get that would put Cooey at three, Saskatchewan wildcard at two, still having to play Northern Ontario and Newfoundland. And like the, yeah. the permutations to this are kind of crazy. Um, that it's just so hard to handicap and look forward as to what's going on. But uh, I think the problem of saying that anyone from Pool B would go four and zero is that they have to go through Kevin Cooey to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It, it's you know uh, it's I I would find it hard to believe that Kevin Cooey goes two and two. Uh, they're too good for that. I think you, you'd think, but also Team Wildcard the way they're playing right now, their yeah. only loss was to Kevin Cooey on a cooey yeah like a, a great shot so the way they're playing right now maybe nobody can beat them you know yeah. uh it's a lot of great teams it's it's what we thought would happen yep so in, in a way sort of predictable but in a different way than we thought it would happen like it's not it's not in the order we thought it's sort of more wide open for anybody that's in this championship pool i would i would have to say the way John Epping is playing plus their record makes me very doubtful that they can do anything. And Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they seem to be benefiting from some mistakes from other teams also playing very well on their own. Yep. Uh, but I could easily see the clock striking midnight on these Cinderella teams. Yeah, we have to think, too, about, you know, for as much as we like what has been going on with Team Wildcard, and the the question will be for them, uh, and I think Rob Meekin addressed this this week, too, is is what happens when the pressure intensifies, right? When, when things get a little more intense, how mm -hmm. are they going to respond? Because we obviously saw the Manitoba playdowns not particularly well. So it's been great so far. Yeah, that, that tiebreaker game, that's a very pressured, pressurized situation. They responded really well to that but as things get closer to the end the pressure is going to ramp up even more so can they respond in this really the, the same healthy way that they have that'll be really interesting to see um, you know if they can sustain what they've been doing and uh, I think the same is true for Saskatchewan because you know we saw in the first half of that New Brunswick game you know not great body language not great verbal language either that's mm -hmm. why Kingsbury is there you've heard him after the games, just continually try to pump them up and, you know, stay positive, keep fighting. And that's something that they're going to have to, to work on as the, the games get closer, the games get tougher. And mm -hmm. so we'll see. We'll just have to see what happens. But, you know, we said at the start of the week during our preview, Scott, we thought there were eight teams that potentially could win. These are the eight teams. Yeah, yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, it's an interesting point you make about Adam Kingsbury. I'm going to try to talk to him tomorrow. He has been, like, noticeably to me, super, super positive out there. And it's it's something that you see front of house, uh, in behind when the team's coming off. He's always coming by, like, rubbing the shoulder a bit or giving a quick uh, tap on the leg with the broom or something. Like, he's, he's very positive, and I think it's having a great effect on Team Saskatchewan. Yeah, and, and that's certainly what they needed, uh, I, I think, in terms of having a coach mm -hmm. there. So uh, the team, though, Scott, in the pole position right now, of course, Brendan Botcher and Team Alberta running through 7-0. and uh, Started on Saturday night, just a buzzsaw through Northern Ontario, and they haven't really stopped at all. Uh, extra in the game against Manitoba, but, I mean, very impressive run so far, Scott. And uh, they're looking forward to the championship pool.
Yeah, they are. They are. I had a chance to talk to Darren Molding last night, maybe yesterday afternoon, uh, after they uh, wrapped up six and zero, and he was he talked a little bit about what they do on uh, uh, games when they have the afternoon and evening draw. So uh, take a listen. So you're getting ready for the championship pool. Uh, you got uh, <coughs> afternoon game followed by a night game uh, for the next uh, couple days into mm-hmm. the championship pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your preparation for days like that? Um, you know, it's uh, kind of at the briar. What we've found is we try and rest as much as possible. So our mornings, you know, it's a sleep in, um, a brunch, and then a little bit of relaxing. I I like if it's you know, I like to get outside for a little brisk walk for half hour or something like that, kind of hang out, but uh, just quite a bit of rest, really uh, not a lot of strenuous activities. And then, you know, well-timed food, we try and eat uh, a light meal, you know, a couple hours before the game. And I enjoy, I like playing hun- a little bit hungry. I always play a little bit better when I'm a l- little bit hungry, yeah. Okay, uh, as an ice maker, the ice, uh both today and yesterday uh, with the humidity in the air. Uh, how did it change up and how did you guys do it? I thought they did a really nice job with it. Uh, the frost was mostly underneath the pebble. Um, the speed was still really good. Uh, tonight we had a, a little more curl than we'd been seeing, but you know, it was very readable and very nice surface to play on. Right on. And uh, with the crowds getting bigger as the weekend goes and some support behind your team, uh, what's that like for you guys as, as players? Well, the fans are fantastic. The atmosphere is great here in Kingston, and it seems like we've got a little bit of support in the crowd, which is always nice to hear some cheers when you make a shot or when you get a, have a good end or whatever. So, yeah, we're enjoying that. So there's Darren Molding. Uh, interesting comments as they get set for the championship pool uh, 7-0. and Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, you could do a lot worse. So, uh, so Scotty, uh, back in the arena tomorrow, but Vic pulled his magic. No tiebreakers. Everybody gets to sleep in. Kathy Goche's the happiest woman in Kingston right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm the happiest guy. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So games, uh, they changed the times in the championship pool to give the players a little more of a break between draws so instead of nine or excuse me instead of uh, 2 p.m for the afternoon draw it's going to be a 1 p.m tip for thursday and friday it gives the players a couple extra hours or, or i guess an extra hour uh, between mm-hmm. draws about three hours usually uh from off the ice to game start which is about two hours of being off your feet so a uh, nice little bonus to the players there and a nice little bonus to the media there scott yeah, yeah, really, it's going to be really good. A little more time to hit up the local uh, establishments of Kingston, which, Sean, I I did last night, uh, and I ran into one of our listeners. Can you oh, believe yeah. that? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> me, me neither. Uh, yeah, Kevin McDonald. Uh, so shout out to him. Right, Sat Kevin. at the bar and talked about uh, curling for a little bit. So, yeah, it was good times. All right. Well, uh, shout out to Kevin for sure. And Scott, you know, it reminds me that uh, we we talked. We have the the Game of Stone stickers. You asked me if I had brought any to Kingston, and I said that I had forgot them. When I got home, uh, and I looked yesterday in my bag, I actually had taken them. <laughs> oh no! So uh, so my bad on that, everybody. Um, but it's just I guess another sign that I wasn't quite all there this weekend. <laughs> 
Yeah, when you told me you thought you could see yourself, I, I really thought you were just tripping. But, I thought uh, I could see myself and I could smell colors. It was a, it was a weird <laughs> feeling. Um, well, glad you're getting back on the horse. Yeah, I went outside, I went outside today. So. Well, at least enough for these conversations. So Yeah, so uh, so this was fun. <laughs> getting ready for the championship pool. It's, it's been great, you know. With with past events, you know, Vic is all in on this format. I'm all in on this format now too. We, you know, Brian Cochran's team they were way more fun than I thought they would be going into the week. Uh, it was great. The Quebec team fan favorite. That was super fun to see them uh, there all week. Um, I really, you know, Jamie Cooey is always a pleasure. It's always fun to see people like James Gratton and uh, Jimmy Cotter. Thomas Scoffin, that he's going to be good if, if he continues to play and uh, if the team sort of shores up around him a bit. And, you know, I'm just a big, I'm a Jamie Murphy stand. So it's, it's fun that those teams are there. Mm-hmm. I love that TSN showed them. They had close games. They were competitive. And now, yep. though, it feels like we're, this is, this is like the, this is the thoroughbred part of the race. You know, like we had the nice appetizer sort of and now this is the entree and, and the weekend's going to be the dessert like this is this is where it gets really good i think yeah yeah you're you're right i part of me wonders if if uh jamie cooey is like a lit like sad that he lost or is he kind of like oh well you know now i don't <laughs> have to stick around for a few more days and, and oh he's get, gonna he's gonna stick around well and get killed by uh <laughs> these other teams but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, the wheat from the chaff, the cream rising to the top, some other labored metaphor, <laughs> whatever you like. It, it, this is this is what it, the briar is all about. Yeah, so it's already been a great week, and we have uh, two more days of full event, like all four sheets going on, and uh, who knows, maybe even a tie break or two on the weekend. But uh, should be a fun race to the finish here as everyone's bunching up and jockeying for playoff position. So, again, 1 o'clock tomorrow in the afternoon. Same, 7 o'clock for the evening draw. We, of course, will be with you after the evening draw, as we have been all week. I shouldn't say we, as the show has been all week, because I missed one. Yeah, Uh, just one. So, uh, if you have not yet, of course, please do follow along. Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places. Uh, follow along on social media as well. Game of Stones Pod at Instagram and Twitter. And you can email the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com if you have anything you want Scott to ask any of the players. Of course, at this point in the week, it tends to be more of like the serious curling stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I might uh, find reason to ask somebody about their shoes or yeah. why they wear their baseball cap a certain way. Yeah, but they'll only go for that after a win. Yes. You can't ask that after a loss. Oh, yes. I I know quite well. So, uh, so Scott, you said you're hurting from the drive and those tight seats. Head down to the uh, hot tub. Get your soak on, buddy. Will do. And enjoy the games tomorrow night or tomorrow all day. Yeah, they should be pretty good. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. We'll talk with everybody tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. And until we speak again. Keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.